0: are getting to know you here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. Looking around the rest of the Big 12 Conference makes a stop in Cincinnati to look at the Bearcats. Alex Frank joins us to talk about what you need to know about Cincinnati on today's show. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate you guys being in every day or with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Please be joined now by Alex Frank, of course. He is the host of Locked On Bearcats, covering all
1: things Cincinnati. How are you, Alex? Jake, I'm well. Thanks so much for having me on. It's exciting times for both of our schools, the Bearcats and uh, BYU, as we embark on a a new journey into the big 12 and the power five and the big boys table of college football.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, I, I'm going to start here with you. I, obviously, Cincinnati is coming off some of the highest highs a program can have, obviously making that run to the college football playoff just a couple of years ago. But there's have been there been quite a bit of turnover since that time. A new head coach taking over and Coach Satterfield. So I'm going to kind of give you a 30,000-foot view question here. Uh, how do things stand for Cincinnati right now with the departure of the previous coaching staff and Coach Satterfield taking over here?
1: So – what today's Thursday, May 11th, meaning we are 114 days away from the Bearcats season opener against uh, EKU Saturday, September 2nd, and of course that's at historic Nippert Stadium. Where they stand to, where things stand today, Jake, I think, I think better than what some from an outside standpoint might think. This is a really good Cincinnati Bearcats team. I think they're going to be fine with the new head coach. It is interesting, that you pointed out, to think about how it's not even two years removed from their college football playoff appearance. So if you look at it that way, you still say, hey, Cincinnati should be viewed as a, I don't want to say a contender because it's going to be so hard to contend in the Big 12, I feel like, but I do think there's a strong foundation in place. There's a strong, there's a strong, sense of that there are some core players mostly hometown heroes like Dante Corleone and Deshaun Pace and I'm excited to see what Corey Kiner can do in a new scheme a new system led by um, head coach Scott Satterfield so I just think it's going to be a really really good transition for the Bearcats as they go into the Big 12. I don't think it's going to be easy I don't think it's going to be smooth sailing but once they find their footing I think they're going to be a team that can win in the Big 12, even with their style of play historically. So right now, things are looking pretty good. There's a strong foundation in place. Scott Satterfield has gotten some really good transfers. Emery Jones, who looks like is going to be the starting quarterback for the Bearcats, I think that's a win for them. And I just feel like that, you know, we got through the, 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 the shock of Luke Fickle leaving, the hiring of Satterfield, and I think this program is just fine
0: now uh you mentioned emory jones potentially being the starting quarterback we just learned that ben Bryant not too long ago hit the transfer portal ultimately landed at northwestern uh was that a shock was that uh, expected how how did that all go down
1: um that's a good question jake i think i i wasn't overly shocked i think i was a little bit because i felt like ben bryan from what you know from what we saw in the spring, was having the best spring of any quarterback. So I do think that it was a surprise because he transferred back here prior to 2022. He had a solid season last year. I think if he had stayed, he he would have won the starting job, but he did not. So I think it's a really, really, it's interesting because he's so synonymous with the program as much as any player, I would say, over the last... Five six years, but this is now the second time he's leaving. Obviously, it's for good because he committed to Northwestern. I do think this is a really, really. This is a. Um, I I do think it's going to help the Bearcats in the long run having a more mobile quarterback and a dual threat guy in Emory Jones. But I do think I, I am still a little surprised that Ben Bryant left. Say I, I would have been it would have been interesting to see with his experience how he would have fared in a new system. But given that he's not very mobile and athletic, I do think long run, and not only for Emery Jones, but I said this on Lockdown Bearcats with Evan Prater, I think Ben Bryan was kind of a distraction for him. And the fact that Evan Prater came in with all this mystique and aura, not like Yankee Stadium, but like, you know, he came in with a bunch of accolades. He came in with a, with a pedigree that we all were really excited about and the potential was there. And so I think with a guy like Evan Prater, I think he's now going to have the chance to develop without necessarily feeling the pressure of knowing Ben Bryant is competing with him to be the starting quarterback. So I do think this is a big win for the Bearcats.
0: Now, you mentioned Emory Jones looking like he's a potential starter. I know there's a four-star freshman that is committed into the program. How do you kind of think that they're going to set this up for Cincinnati? Do you think that it's going to be Emory Jones' job this entire year, or will they work that freshman in?
1: I think it's going to be Emory Jones's job for the starting for the whole year. I I don't I don't really see a way where Brady Drogosh gets playing time unless Emory Jones really struggles and then they just don't believe in Evan Prater. That said, Brady Drogosh is really really good. He's already he already has a lot of talent. You know, he still has to develop and I think he will. I don't know if you're going to see much playing time from him this year. I would target more 2024 for him and Evan Prater, but Emory Jones looks like the starting quarterback and I think it's going to be I don't know how difficult it's going to be for the Bearcats to make a change, but I don't think it's going to be easy for them to.
0: Now, I'm going to let you kind of fire away on BYU stuff here in a moment, but I just wanted to kind of get your thought on – you mentioned the fact you don't think it's necessarily going to be easy for Cincinnati to make the transition to the Big 12. I would agree BYU is kind of in a similar boat. They're both programs making the jump from the G5 ranks. Where do you think Cincinnati has the most to go or the most work to do to be ready for the leap, in your opinion?
1: Uh, well, definitely on offense. I mean, you got to have an offensive line, and you most certainly have to have a receiving core to win in the Big 12, as I'm sure you you know, Jake. So, I mean, right now, those are the two biggest question marks because they've lost so many guys, whether it be in the transfer portal, whether it be to the NFL draft. And if you, if you can't protect the quarterback and open up the running lanes, and if you don't have anybody to throw to, it's going to be very difficult to win in the Big 12, as we've seen over the years. And for a casual fan listening to this, I, I would think they agree with me on that when it comes to Big 12 play.
0: All right, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about BYU. I'll let you kind of fire at, at me questions you've got about the Cougars. Uh, we do need to get a word in, though, real quick on our friends over at Built Bar. And, Alex, have you had a chance uh, to try what they call a Cougar Tail out here in Provo by chance, or the Cougar tell Built Bar?
1: You know, that sounds really good. Why don't you enlighten me on that?
0: So I've actually got one right here. It's one of my last ones I've had. So BYU no had a exclusive NIL deal with Bilt Bar that uh, went on for the majority of the past year roughly and all the proceeds from that Built Bar, that specific one went right back into the BYU football program but it's a specialty. Any uh, Cincinnati fan who makes the trip out to Provo here on September 29th, when you get to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the one thing I would tell you you must try is a Cougar Tail. These Built Bars are the exact same thing. The best part about it, Alex, this Built Bar is far more healthier than that uh, 18-inch long maple bar that they call the Cougar Tail out here in Provo. So I would encourage you Shot. But the good news is on all these built bars, as you know, Alex, the macros on these things are absolutely incredible 130 yep. calories, four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein packed into each one. The best part is you can find them at different stores nationwide here locally along the Wasatch Front. We've got them at Smith's, I've spotted them at Costco, I've spotted them at uh, Sam's Club. So you can stop in and pick them up today, or you can go online and place your order there. Built.com and while you're, there, use the, while you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo code Locked On 15 for 15% off your order at Bilt.com or stop by your local Smith, Sam's Club, or Costco today and pick them up. That's our friends over at Built Bar. Thank you once again wow. for making Locked On Cougars and Locked On Bearcats your first listen today. Thank you for being an every day with us. Now, on, on our Friday edition of the podcast this week on C- Locked On Cougars, Alex, we're going to do a little bit of a mailbag edition of the podcast. What do you got cooking on Friday for yourself?
1: Well, how about this, Jay Catch? I've got your boy Q from Locked On Raiders talking about Trey Tucker and how he fits in to the Bearcats. Or I'm sorry, excuse me, how the former Bearcat fits in to the Las Vegas Raiders roster. So really looking forward to talking to Q. He he is an absolute machine what he's cranking out, out in uh, Sin City. But um when I say Sin, I say C I N, as in C I N, C I N N A T I Cincinnati. So Jay Catch, now. Jake, as we record this, and our listeners are listening to this on Thursday, Jake, the NFL schedule comes out tonight. Are, are you, uh, do you have a favorite NFL team?
0: Uh, if you look, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to point right there. There's a San Francisco 49ers hat right behind me. I'm a B- Oh, jeez. You <laughs>
1: had to do that to me, Jake Hatch. Jake Hatch, do you see this, this B that's right here? Hey. And do you understand – And and the joke that I make is there are still arrest warrants out of the Cincinnati police department of, of stealing two Lombardi trophies in the 1980s. They haven't been served yet. Bengals 49ers this year. If that's not a primetime game, I'm going to write a letter to commissioner Goodell. So,
0: Hey, I'm all for it, man.
1: 49ers. And and I, and I appreciate NFL history as much as anybody, but (laughs) until we get that ring, I'm going to,
0: just something about it, Jake. I don't I don't think it's far off by the way, just real quick. on on the Bengals with Joe Cool, Joe Burrow there running the offense for Cincinnati. It feels like the Bengals they're just kind of biding their time until they break through. That's just my personal thoughts.
1: So. Yeah. I think you're right. I, I like to think you're right, and it's gonna be interesting to see how the the schedule shakes out tonight mm-hmm. um, with the NFL schedule release. So Jake, my first question to you is unlike Scott Satterfield, your head coach, Kalani Sitaki. Did I pronounce that right? You got it. Yep. Okay. See, I always like to make sure. So Kalani Sitaki is going into his eighth season. Mm I mean, I mean, when I mean in this, I mean, gosh, you think about how long eight seasons has been. So tell me how the BYU fan base feels about uh, Sitaki as the head coach.
0: Uh, well, I'll just sum up an award. They love him. Uh, they, they absolutely adore him. The best part about him is he played for the legendary Lavelle Edwards, who obviously spent nearly three decades leading the BYU football program as their head coach, led them to that 1984 national title. Uh, he, he, he aspired growing up. He was a fan of BYU, watching them on TV, aspired to play for the Cougars, got to live that dream. And now as the head coach at BYU, it feels like he has no aspirations to go anywhere else other than a coach at BYU and, and Cougar fans. Frankly, Frankly, they absolutely adore him. He's ingratiated himself into the community. He is a guy that his family will tell you multiple times uh, throughout the year. He'll go out for a movie or go out to eat with his family. They will drive a separate car because he will stay and sign autographs, take pictures, uh, give big wow. hugs to anybody that wants to for as long as they want to. And his family will be like, well, we'll see you at home whenever you get home. He's, he's just hes a phenomenal, phenomenal people person. And hey, he's really, really done a good job in the eight, seven years so far and going into his eighth with the Cougars.
1: So that's really interesting because I I talk about this all the time. I hear about it all the time, you know, being from Cincinnati. Destination job, stepping stone program. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to ask you this, because BYU is one of the most unique programs in college football. Because they've won a national championship, but they've never been in the Power Five conference until this coming year. So, like, how, like, what are, um, how do fans view BYU and what are their expectations on a yearly basis? And, and how are they viewed in the hierarchy of college football, Jake?
0: Uh, it depends on if you're a BYU fan or not, I feel like, in that in that circumstance. BYU fans, they, they've seen the heights BYU can get to, obviously, with that 1984 national title. Now, I will admit, I was not born yet when that national title was won. It, it's fairly far in the past there that BYU has it, but they still have that trophy front and center in their trophy case down there in Provo. And the thing about this is, is BYU fans aspire to be an upper echelon program, speaking of they want to be, in the case of the Big 12, they'd like to be top half of the conference. Is that really? year one uh, in the big 12? Probably not. But I think BYU, their fans, uh, they will expect, I think within the first five or six years for BYU to get into contention, especially on the football side of things. Now, other programs, basketball, most notably, they probably will have a little lower expectations for, but BYU football drives all of the the things around here in Provo. And obviously Cougar fans are going to want their program to be aspiring to be in that upper echelon of the big 12 before too long.
1: Okay, so we're similar in that regard because I feel like Bearcats fans, they're going to give Scott Satterfield some time because they obviously, and and I hope they do at least, and I've tried to say, hey, I understand the last five years the Bearcats have won 50-plus games, and it's great. I'm here to tell you they're not going to win a Big 12 championship this year. Could they? Absolutely. Now, realistically, I think they're going to be a 7-8 to win team, but eventually with the Bearcats, Jake, the the fans are going to expect them to win because – They've won before when you've been, and like with the, Bear, with the Bearcats this was a conversation. The Bearcats played Indiana last year, week four of the regular season. They blew them out 45, 24, although they only scored seven points in the second half. And I remember I asked this question after the game, which UC team will show up the rest of the season? Well, we sadly got the answer. Jake, the, the thing I remember about after that game was fans were disappointed that they beat a big 10 team by 21 points. I'm like, why are you disappointed? Why are you disappointed? Well, you know, we, we we were in the playoff last year. Do you understand how much went into that? <laughs> Jake, it's seriously, seriously. Like, and you remember 2020, both the Bearcats and BYU were both really good. And there were like rumors going around on fan accounts on Instagram. Oh, they should play each other. And I was like, yeah, I'm all for it with Zach Wilson. And, you uh-huh. know, I. It's so interesting that these two fan bases. And I cannot wait for Friday, September 29th in Provo, Utah. Hey, maybe the Bengals will play in San Francisco that Sunday. Jake, you and I can get on a plane the next day and fly out to the Bay Area and uh, jam out the journey driving across the Golden Gate Bridge. So,
0: (laughs) I'm okay with that plan.
1: Okay, now, okay, so let me ask you a few wildcard questions. So did you go to BYU?
0: I did. I, I did attend BYU, actually, yes.
1: Okay. Okay. So you and I are both alums hosting a daily podcast on our alma maters. That's great. Um, did you become a 49ers fan because Steve Young went to BYU and then he went to San Francisco?
0: Uh, that that in part, uh, funny enough, Jerry Rice is the person that kind of drew me in in the first place to San Francisco, but Steve Young didn't hurt at all.
1: <laughs> okay. So it was Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. The the, the And I, I'll say it, he's the greatest receiver in NFL history and I have a lot of respect for him. He is he was so silky smooth, even mm-hmm. though he <laughs> – eh, I won't even get into that. But anyway, so are BYU fans excited to be in the Big Twelve?
0: Uh, ecstatic. They they are so ready to be a part of the Power Five conference. They made the move to independence back in 2011 with one goal in mind: to eventually be sitting at the Power Five table, like they are going to be coming up here in just a few months' time. Officially, July one, when it'll become official. They, they, this has been their aspiration for well over a decade. They plotted their way through a, a 12 seasons of independence with the whole goal of being where they're going into today. And I I think that BYU fans cannot wait for finally to be official and for them to be officially be a power five program
1: interesting and and look i'm going to disclose something to you i grew up a notre dame fan okay and obviously they're they were independent when i grew up and they still are and they will be for the foreseeable future but like i i always liked that they were independent especially when the playoff era rolled around because they were always going to get a great schedule they were going to play great teams week in and week out So it's interesting that BYU fans are ecstatic now to be in a Power 5 conference. And look, conference rivalries are fun. I'm excited to get out to Provo, Utah and and see what that state's like. Utah's always been a state I wanted to go to. I've been to Colorado. Now, um, give me what you expect from this year's Cougars team. So, obviously,
0: there's a lot of conversation about, okay, how big of a leap is it truly going to be for BYU? The over-under win total the DraftKings put out not too long ago had BYU at six wins. And I've been talking about on Locked On Cougars for some time now that I, I think six and six, getting to a bowl game, you're one in the Big 12, I think would be a pretty good accomplishment for BYU. Does it mean that they're, uh, they're going to be stuck at that level forever? No. But it means that they have been – Fairly competitive, but they still have a, a ways to improve upon in different areas. They obviously could work on going into year two in the Big Twelve. But I think, simply put, if they get to six and six, maybe push to seven and five, I, I consider that a pretty large success for BYU.
1: So since two thousand, I'm looking at a list of BYU seasons. They have been to a bowl game in seventeen of the last eighteen seasons. The only time in which they did not go to a bowl game was twenty seventeen. Now, some of those years they were in the Mountain West. And I'm looking at some of their records 11 and 2, 11 and 2, 10 and 3, 11 and 2, 10 and 3. They've won 10 games in quite a few seasons. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting, Jake, that you're saying just get to a bowl game. I'm in that same boat. The Bearcats have been to a bowl game in 14 of the last 17 years, looking to make it 15 of 18. So is just a, another wild card question. Okay. Is, is the altitude the same in Utah as it is in Denver? or Colorado?
0: <laughs> uh, not quite mile high like Denver is because Denver is at 5,280 feet, but Provo, Utah sits at a healthy 4,500 feet above sea level. Ooh, so there, wow. there is an altitude factor in play, yes.
1: Okay. So good to know if I come out there and decide to go for a run out there. I, I, I ran cross country track in high school. Uh, it's funny, Jake. I was, I was at Red Rocks two years ago, mm-hmm. and we're walking up this hill and five minutes, and I'm like, why am I so tired? And I'm like, Genius, do you know where you are? And I'm like, oh, I forgot.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, that's the thing about that. It, the, the, the people don't realize that the impact altitude has until you actually get up into the mountains as, as we call it up here in Utah. Once you get to that altitude, I grew up here in Utah. So for me, it's always kind of been just the norm for me. I I actually kind of find it funny when I go to lower elevations and you'll know this, Alex, you said you're a runner. You go down to sea level. I feel like I can run for days at sea level because moisture and oxygen in the air versus what I'm used to up here in the mountains in Utah.
1: Yeah. You come out to the Midwest and you go to the East coast. I mean, because you know we, we go to the East Coast a lot when I'm on vacation, and I'll go for runs. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. Now, it, it, would you say that there's a home field advantage at Brigham Young because of that? Uh, yes,
0: I, I would say that is part of it. They also have 63,000-plus uh, fans who are about as uh, rabid as they come. Keaton Slovis, who's going to be BYU starting quarterback, uh, famously played a game while he was the quarterback at USC in Provo and said it was the the meanest sober crowd, if I recall correctly, that he's ever experienced. Wow. because BYU has been the most stone-cold sober school in America for the last two decades running, it feels like, at this point. Uh, and they they are rabid fans, but by and large, I think there's a small percentage who might be a little bit inebriated, but by and large, they are sober, probably a little hopped up on Diet Coke. But that's about
1: it. How about that? That meanest sober. I, I, now you got me excited to come out to Provo. Now you still live in Utah, Correct. I do. I, I work
0: for a radio station out here in Salt Lake city and obviously do, do lockdown Cougars on a daily basis as well. I'll
1: so. well, say hi to our, uh, good president, David Locke. I, I,
0: the... I Well, fun fact. I was actually David Locke's intern once upon a time. That's how I got into radio in the first place.
1: So Wow. <laughs> he is, he has built quite an empire with this lockdown podcast network and I, I'm honored to be a part of it. And Jake, I know you are too. So, um, I, I know you've got one more segment planned. So, uh, I'll turn it over to you. This this is good stuff. Learning about yeah. Salt Lake City and BYU, and knowing that you're a fan of that red and gold team out by the bay, but somehow my favorite band is from there. So,
0: well, okay, you so know. yeah, we'll we'll continue on here on Locked On Cougars. But uh, Alex, I, I got a question for you. Our, our, I I've been to Cincinnati. I've actually got a little surprise for you. Let me grab this here. I'm going to pull this up. Anybody watching the, on this YouTube will see this hat. Yes. This at, uh, okay. Uh, I, had the fortune of uh, visiting your fine city and going to a Reds game and had a great time at that. Yeah, game. I am a huge fan of Skyline Chili. Are you a Skyline? Yes, Chili?
1: my man. <laughs> All right, I like that. Now, okay, now I gotta ask you though. Like, did you okay? Did you go three way, four way, five way? Did you go Chilito? Did you go Cheese Coney? Like, give me the details, Jake Hatch. I, I gotta know <laughs> this here. Okay, I I did Chileo, I
0: did that, I did the I did the three way to start. So I, the first time I had, it, I did the three way, but then I decided, you know what, let's go for let's go for it all. I actually did five way for my second time having it, and I got a I I I really can't lie. I pretty much enjoyed it every which way I've had it so far in my
1: life. Okay, that's good. Now, okay, so I mean, you're already a fan of mine if you like Skyline Chili. Now, did you get a chance to try Grater's ice cream? Did you get a chance to try? Um, uh, Montgomery Inn. I should have worn my Montgomery Inn hat on the show. Um, La Rosa's Pizza. Like, you, have you tried any other delicacies or just Skyline?
0: I only Skyline. I've only made, had the fortune of visiting Cincinnati the one time, but I'm hoping that BYU will make the return trip in 2024, and I can make another trip out there.
1: Well, with two lesser teams in the Big 12, there's a good chance that that could happen in 2024, and uh, we'll welcome you back to Cincinnati. So, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Feeling good and hungry on. Locked on crossover.
0: Yeah. So I, I got one more question for you, Alex. And just, reg- with regards to, I, I, you asked me the question, how excited are Cougar fans to be a, a part of the power five, and be a part of the big 12. I just want to pose that question to you. How excited are Bearcats fans to finally make this leap? Because they, they, they've been to the college football playoff as a G5 program playing out of the American, but how excited are they finally to be uh, quote unquote
1: at the table? Here's what I remember about that 21 season. More so than going to the college football playoff was that announcement that came down in September that the Bearcats were accepted, mm-hmm. excuse me, into the Big 12. That was, I think, the culmination of everything Luke Fickle accomplished at Cincinnati. And I'm a huge Luke Fickle fan. I I love everything he did for the program. Do not get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I am a I I, I remember this though. And Jake, I'm gonna I'm gonna reference a game against BYU actually. Okay. Let me take you back to 2016. BYU comes into Nippert and beats the Bearcats 20 to three, and that was the fame that was the infamous game where Tommy Tuberville famously proclaims to the Bearcats fans, "Go to hell and get a job." Yeah. Well, eh. well, that was the end of that for Tuberville, and ever since then the the relationship between the program and the fan base is, is has grown exponentially, and all the accomplishments that they have had on the field has warranted them this bid of the Big Twelve. And in 2016, they were also going for the Big Twelve. It didn't work out then; it did now, and I'm glad it waited until this point because the program, the football program, which college football drives everything, mm-hmm. is in much better shape and for a for a school Jake that's historically a basketball school and, and and you better bet your bottom dollar I'm excited that they're going to the Big 12 in basketball because as a college basketball fanatic you know I can't wait to see Bearcats fans to quote one of my favorite journey songs waiting up and down the boulevard for the game against Kansas so you know you're going to get into the best conference in the country in basketball but football too i mean you know i, I remember my, one of the first oh my gosh, we're here moments was you look at the schedule and you see Iowa State, Baylor, and Kansas as opposed to Tulane, Temple. And I mean, now, no disrespect to Tulane, they won the Cotton Bowl last year, but you're not seeing teams like Temple or USF or Tulsa. No, you're seeing like schools that casual fans know about. So that's what I'm most excited about. I think that's what fans are most excited about. And I just think they, they finally feel like they belong. Bearcats fans have always thought they're better than the situation that they're in. And in some instances, that's really good. And you think about particularly the success they've had in football. That's why they're in the Big 12. Yes, basketball, they're a great school, and they've had a lot of success. And I'm excited to see what Wes Miller can do with next year's team. So really looking forward to, it, it, again, just being a part of the Power Five. And, and I've heard people say Power Five is a myth. Well, you said that when they were in the American. Do you say that now? I, I don't know. I don't because yeah. I think it's real. I think it's very real. And you saw how hard it was for the Bearcats to go to the playoff in 2021. I said to people, look, people were upset when they were number six in the top 25. And that was when College Game Day came to Cincinnati, Jake. And I mean, fans were like ready to rip Gary Barta's. I mean, they were ready to rip him to shreds. And I said, guys, we're number six in the initial playoff rankings. Can you appreciate that? (laughs) and people said well Alabama shouldn't have been number two so what again it's just now that they're in the big 12 I hope fans appreciate it they'll find something to complain about that's fine I'll be here to you know be the voice of reason but yeah Jake to answer your question I know I've gone on a tangent but they're really excited to be in the big 12.
0: Well, as they should be, and I think BYU fans are right there with them. The fun part will be that they get a square off BYU's first Big 12 home game will begin Cincinnati on September 29th. And Alex, uh, hopefully we'll be talking a little more as that gets a little bit closer, but a big thank you to you and uh, to all Bearcats fans for tuning in. Obviously, like, like I said, a Locked On Crossover Thursday edition of the podcast. Uh, where can people find the show on social media, et cetera, on your end?
1: Well, I'll just say this. I'm looking forward to uh, both of us. Locked on crossover Thursday will return the day before we play you guys. So that'll be Thursday, September 28th. And then I'm hoping to make a little voyage out to Provo, Utah and see what life's like out there. So, and of course you and I can be a part of the lockdown big 12 Roundtable with uh, our good, our good guy, Josh neighbors and all the hosts there. Yeah. And you can find me at Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty. You can find me on Instagram, Alex Frank, not underscore. You can also email me Alex gmail.com at gmail.com. I can't forget that at sign, excuse me. But, um, yeah, at Locked On Cats on Twitter. And of course, we're on YouTube, free and available also wherever you listen to podcasts. So, all the good stuff, Jay Catch.
0: All right, Locked On Cougars, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts, obviously on YouTube, as we just discussed. Uh, subscribe to both Locked On Cats as well as Locked On Cougars. Follow Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or follow me at Jacob C. Hatch if you want all my thoughts on all things sports. Until next time, for Alex, I'm Jake. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for being a first uh, and every day I'm with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and we will talk to you guys again soon.